The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you for the next 30 minutes, a very honest, frank uh, conversation about gambling, gambling addiction, and recovery, which is a big part of what the show is all about. As always, joining me from the New Jersey Council on Compulsive Gambling, better known to you as 800Gambler, our friend Dan Trelaro. Danny, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Craig. Well refreshed after last uh, last weekend, 4th of July. Feeling good. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, we missed you last week, but uh, all good. Glad you got to uh, get some time away with your family. That's, as everyone knows, very, very important. And joining us today from New York City is Charlie and Charlie, like myself and Dan, has had some bad experiences as a compulsive gambler. Charlie, I appreciate you coming on this morning and sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So when did it start for you? Do you remember going back as a kid when you first you know, discovered gambling, started to gamble, got a, you know, introduced to it? Were you a young guy, a teenager? What's, your, what's the start of your story? Yeah, I mean, the first, the first time I was about nine years old, and um, we had a Super Bowl party at the house. One of my dad's friends wound up coming in, and he says, uh, hey, Charlie, who do you like today, the Redskins or the Dolphins? And I said, the Dolphins are going to win. And he says, they got no shot. And he goes, come on. He goes, I'll bet you $5. And right away, without thinking about it, I said, sure. Right. And I'll never forget it. My mom is standing right next to him laughing. And I said, Mom, why are you laughing? And her response is, you don't have $5 in your name. <laughs> and typical compulsive gambler response is, don't worry about it. And, of course, the Dolphins lost. And then the following week, they saw him, and he was joking around with my parents. And he said, hey, tell him uh, he owes me $5. Right. And, you know, that was the end of that. But it it got a little, you know, here and there, you know, in high school, in college, but it didn't really start getting out of control until after I had gotten married. Because now you're thinking, you know, there's two incomes coming in. My wife at the time, you know, wasn't handling the finances. Uh, you know, I was the finance guy. And all of a sudden, it just started small. And within a year, I needed to do a refi on my house <laughs> to pay off credit card debt. And when you started, was it sports gambling or yeah, it was, was sports gambling? So that was that. So that became the bugaboo for you—the ability to wager right. on any and every event uh, as it happened. Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. There was no days off when it came to sports. And you were doing it with a bookie or with uh, like an offshore account at the time? How did it? Was there a guy a little, you a found? A little of everything. Little of everything. I dealt with bookmakers. I dealt with offshore accounts, um, and it was just. You know, just nonstop. And why do you, why do you, when you look back on it with clarity now, was there a big win at some point early on? Or was it just, hey, it's baseball season. There's a game every day. I can pick a winner every day. You know, early on, it was always the, the Super Bowl was, was a big um, uh, winner for me. However, you know, perfect example, uh, the year the Patriots had gone undefeated and they played the Giants. Yep. You know, I was heavy on the Giants for the Super Bowl, not only with the point spread, but also to win outright. So it was a big payout. However, the following day, did I enjoy it? No, because it was back to work, NCAA, big Monday, 
college basketball, and by Wednesday, all those winnings were gone. Yeah, I mean, I've told that a very similar. I see, and that's the thing that, you know, Dan, we talk about a lot that unbeknownst to us, all of a sudden, and I'm sure it's not, you know, the next day or black and white. I imagine it's gradual. But it goes from, yeah, it is exciting. Hey, it is fun. To winning and losing doesn't register. Right, Dan? Yeah, it, it's just like it's, it becomes like breathing and blinking. It's like automatic. You don't even it don't, doesn't even provide much emotional response over time. It's just you're bitter when you lose, and then you're almost bitter when you win. And you don't want to celebrate the joys because there have been so many losses. And it, it's an emotional roller coaster. And that's why we always talk about gambling disorder is not a money problem. Sure, money problems result, but it's an emotional issue. And part of the emotional issue becomes the, the detachment from, from everyday things. And ultimately, you almost become detached from the gambling itself. It's just something you have to do to feel right on a daily basis. Listen, now, Charlie, I've told this story before. I don't, I don't like saying it a lot because of the amounts of money. But, you know, I was at, uh, in Bimini, the Bahamas, and in three days I won $4 million playing blackjack. And I didn't celebrate it. I didn't buy anything. I didn't uh, tell anyone. I didn't tell a soul. And uh, two weeks later, I was in Atlantic City, and I lost $700,000. And again, I didn't take a bat to a tree. I didn't get upset about it. I just wanted to keep doing it, you know. So I get, I get the story you're telling about winning big on the Super Bowl and then four days later, the money being gone and not really reacting to either one, right? Right. It was, it was for me, it was no emotion one way or other. However, as it progressed over the course of seven years, the, the destruction that I did, you know, from from mortgages to refis to credit cards to savings to pension loans to you name it, you know, I took money out of. I literally destroyed a family because my wife found out that I hadn't paid a mortgage in a while. And that was when, you know, everything hit the fan. So to say, sure. Um, was there a yeah. was there a point prior to that where she came to you and said, "Hey, honey, what's up? I, there's something off about you. There's something going on." A couple of months before, a few months before, I had um, stopped and 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 sought out help. Um, we were about to celebrate our oldest daughter's third birthday, and at the time, she was pregnant with our youngest child. So. Um, we did a birthday party at these little gym places, right. and um, but we had the food for the adults catered by a local deli. And an honest mistake happened. The local deli botched the order. They sent it to the wrong place. But, you know, I had to go down a few blocks away. The deli was closed. I'm banging on it, trying to set off the alarm. So, you know, somebody comes out and calls me or whatever the case is. Uh, all because, not because they botched the order, but because I had gone 0-6 on the 3-1 to favorites in baseball earlier that day. Got it. And I was down to nothing. And then a few days later, she saw me writing down in a notebook, um, you know, potential picks and whatever. And she said, are you okay? Is this becoming a problem because you've been a little weird lately? Right. And I said, no, I got it under control. I said, I haven't placed a bet in a couple of months. Of course, I had to lie. Right. You know, I haven't placed a bet in a couple of months. I'm doing my research to make sure the next bet is going to be the winner. And whenever I'd have a winner, I'd I'd show it. Oh, see, I got a winner. Right. But the 25 losses, I'm not going to show it. 
but there was no emotion whatsoever. Right, and she when, no... I, when I was done, when I was done, it was emotional, financial, mental, spiritually. I was just bankrupt on all angles. Was there? Uh, is there like a, a moment in time, a specific moment where you got to that place? Did, did, did something happen that made you finally say, all right, listen, enough, I've got to stop? Or was there a person involved or just did you wake up one day and say, simply, I just can't do it anymore and I'm stopping? For, for me, the only way I was going to stop was to get caught. That's how it turned out. She found out I hadn't paid a mortgage in God, almost two years. Wow. Um, and that's when, you know, she immediately said, we're done. There is no second chance. I can't live life thinking if tomorrow you're going to go back and do this again. Hmm. Um, you know, we're getting divorced. And uh, I said, wait a minute. I said, you know, we got a three-year-old and a three-month-old. You know, hold on. Let, let me go for help and whatever. And she said, you could go for help. Straighten yourself out. Be a great dad and a father to your children, but I can't live life thinking, is today going to be the day that the wires cross and you go AWOL? Wow. So it was at that moment, it was all the way at the end, there was nothing left. Nothing. I mean, we're talking about, you know, in a span of about a year, betting thousands on the game, my last bet was $25. Because that's all you had. I didn't even have that. And when, when I got caught, I went in, and I, it was a Monday night game, uh, Monday night football. So I had $25 on, on whatever team. And then I went in and I placed $25 on the opposite team. So this way I just lose the VIG and I lose $2.50 wow. instead of 25 which I didn't have. So, you know, it's not about the money, but sometimes to try and put it into perspective, you know, when, when you're dealing with, you know, thousands, and now you you can't even afford a loss of $25. That is just what the grips of the disease does to people. We will continue in one moment here on Hello, My Name is Craig with Charlie and Dan Trelaro, 800-GAMBLER, right after this. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig in the middle of a very uh, poignant emotional story with Charlie, New York City, Compulsive Gambler. Uh, Charlie and Dan Trelaro, of course, from uh, uh, New Jersey's Council on Compulsive Gambling. So you make that $25 bet, you hedge it so you only lose two fifty. you don't even have that to lose, and then what happens next? Did you go to a, a GA meeting? Did you pick up the phone? Did you ask someone for counsel? How did you go from that depth, about to lose your marriage and everything that goes with that, to, okay, I'm now serious about getting help? It didn't, you know, the light bulb for, for seeking, you know, help, uh, did not click immediately. The light bulb went off that I need to stop. However, over the course of the following 10 days, um, I started opening up my eyes on the damage I had done, not only financially, but to relationships with my wife, her parents, her brother, my parents, my siblings. Um, and all of a sudden, it was like everyone's attacking me. Because of the shock, they just weren't expecting. And that. not, and we, and I want to be clear about this. What Charlie's saying, Charlie, correct me if I'm wrong. 
you're not even talking about financial. You're talking about the emotional, the relationship part, the the fact that you've been telling them lies, looking them dead in the eye and lying to them, and losing the relationships more so than the money, right? Correct. You know, it's like typical character defects. You know, you lie, you cheat, you steal. You do everything. You pull everything off uh, to keep to keep the the addiction going. You know, you're at a wedding, right? You step away to go to the bathroom, and what are you doing? You're on your phone looking at the scores. Yeah. Then you come back, you sit down at the table, everything is fine. You put the happy face on. You know, it's it's such an insidious disease. It fools so many people. So that's what the shock was. And over the course of those 10 days, I mean, I heard a lot of things from family where, you know, uh, it was just, you know, uh, I mean, an eye-opener for me. I said, look what I've done to all these people. How much? How long? How long were you in denial about it? Where you know, because you did say, "Yo, everyone's attacking me." How long did it take you to take ownership of it and be able to look in the mirror and be honest about it, as opposed to thinking that everyone was against you? From day one, when I made that first bet over a silly argument I had with my wife of like, you know, hey, let's go out and grab a bite, you know, not respecting the fact that she had just worked back to back you know, full days, you know, 12, 13 hour shifts at, at her job um, and that she needed a little bit of rest and she just didn't want to go. And I said, OK, screw this. And then I just go grab the laptop and I deposit money from that moment on about seven plus years later when everything was done. Um, that's how long I was in denial that I had a problem, because I remember it was just reckless from day one. Right. I just refused to pay attention to it. And Danny, what on your end of things, when you guys counsel, you know, people like Charlie in that type of situation, what's the message if people are going through it now? Is it just, hey, out of the gate, you know, you know, spill all the beans, honest, out of the gate 100%, or do you counsel them in a different manner? Yeah, you know, when people call our 800-Gambler helpline and they're starting to share kind of what Charlie's sharing here, we'll gather the information, and we oftentimes find that, when they're starting to tell us what they did, we don't get 100% full honesty uh, from day one. You know, obviously, honesty is what ultimately will be the best policy, and it will lead to a sustainable and meaningful long-term recovery. But from day one, when someone's calling saying, yeah, you know, I, I lost $100 or, uh, you know, my family's a little mad at me, we always know that the story is more severe than what they're letting on to. So what we typically do is we'll just, we'll just listen. Because this is the first time a person is starting to open up and talk about emotions, right? The gambling was kind of substituting all those other feelings and relationships. So now they got to deal with this stuff. Um, You know, Charlie's finding a new sense of identity. Charlie's finding a new way to live and breathe and and have relationships. And it's, it's overwhelming. So I think the best thing that any counselor does, and, and including us here as a referral service, 800 Gambler, is we listen. We just listen, we let them talk, and we just navigate and guide them down a path that doesn't involve gambling, oftentimes, uh, to start. So, Charlie, how long has it been since the last wager? Uh, today is July 8th, correct? Yes. Okay. So, officially nine years and seven months. Oh, that's amazing. And I think it's important on this show to let people know that recovery is possible, life is possible, a relationship with your family is possible again. And if you take the steps to uh, you know, conquer the demons and deal with the addiction, you can, you can do it successfully. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I remember my, my very first meeting and, you know, I was just hopeless, completely hopeless. And... You know, I went, 
you know, I, I went through the motions and I was just in a fog. But, you know, after about three weeks, I realized I have to go to several meetings a week because I gambled recklessly on the daily. I can't go to, you know, one meeting a week and just sit there for a couple of hours, speak for seven, eight, ten minutes. Right. And, and then that's it. You know, for me, it was. And by doing that, you know, there were two things which started the turning point early on, um, you know, in my recovery. And there were, you know, two comments that I had heard. One of them was, hey, kid, you know, we're rooting for you, but you can't control what your wife decides to do, whether she's going to officially divorce you or not. Uh, you can't control how she feels about you right now. You can't control what she says about you, but you can't control your actions to everything else. And your actions are the following. Don't gamble for today because it's just one day at a time. Remain teachable because you don't know it all. And never, ever, ever, if she decides to divorce you, demonize her. Yeah. And you'll have a wonderful yeah. recovery. And those I have on a little piece of paper, and I have it in my wallet. And every single day I carry that with me wherever I go. And to this day, it is because of those two comments that I received. And I chose to embrace them and work very, very hard in my recovery. It's not, you know, okay, I'm just going to go through the motions and everything's fine. It's a lot of hard work. Sure. You know, you've got you to call people that you borrowed money from and tell them the truth. So you, you're, you're a little embarrassed right now. So you got to be humble. You got to have some humility. You got to approach everyone. You got to make amends with your family, with my ex-wife, with my children, with with everyone. Okay, um, I have to accept the fact that I could do anything I want in life except gamble again. I mean, it, it's so strict for me that my boss could tell me, "Hey, Charlie, um, you see that email that that person sent." Well, I bet you this is how they're going to respond to my email. And, you know, I heard that a couple of times and I said, whoa, I yeah. need to pull the boss aside for a second because that's a trigger word for me. Sure. You know, because I could turn around and say, OK, you know, like I can't even do that. Not even for a cup of coffee. Nothing. No, no, no monetary value whatsoever. Right. You know, I could do anything I want in life except make a bet. Has and it gotten... Has it gotten to a place for you yet where it's easy now not to do it, or do you still fight it? Um, it's easy in a sense where I know, you know, and I've set up um, roadblocks and safety guards for myself. You know, like I, I'm a sports better. You right. know, you're not going to see me in a sports bar hanging out with the guys or watching the games. You're not going to see me in a casino. You're not going to see me at a sporting event. You know, and all that stuff. I stay away from that. I eliminated the people that I associated with that, you know, our friendship was based on gambling. Right. So there was no need for that. So right now, my my life is pretty simple. I work. I take care of, you know, whatever debt uh, arrangements I had set up with different creditors, which I'm still paying. Um, because, you know, I've set it up in a way where in the beginning, hey, I can't afford this amount. Okay, so you're on a 15-year plan. You're going to pay X amount of dollars. Sure. Um, and, you know, all that all that stuff. But, um, you know, it's it's easier because I know what I need to do. I get up in the morning. I'm grateful for another day. And I know it starts off with 
I don't want to gamble today. And I'm sure there's uh, a great sense of uh, self-worth as you start uh, getting rid of that debt, too. It is. But the biggest, the biggest gratifying um, thing out of all this is the amazing relationship I have today with my ex-wife as we both coexist for the sake of our children and to raise them the proper way. Great. So, you know, like the mentality now is, hey, let them, you know, question, you know, hey, you guys have such a good relationship. You know, why didn't it work out? And then, you know, we could have that discussion sure. at a later time. And I assume, if you don't mind me asking, uh, your kids are good and you have a great relationship with your with your daughters? Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. And I think that's the powerful message, Dan, that for a lot of people that we say this every week, it seems like, that are just now getting into the place where they want the help, they're willing to get the help, and it seems daunting and overwhelming, and it is. We've all been there. When you hear a story like Charlie's, I would think it'd be, it'd be reassuring that if you're willing to be honest about your issues and address them, you know, face-to-face -face at times when needed, you can overcome all of it. Yeah, you know, it starts with the honesty piece, and that's why, Charlie, I really appreciate you sharing that today because it's the honesty not just to the others around you but also to yourself and then you can start combing through those areas of life that need combing and and creating the new life where the gambling no longer fits in that's what i'm hearing through the last several minutes it's just gambling no longer fits into my life when i'm doing you know a b and c when i'm not going to those places and i'm not hanging out with certain people you know when i'm mindful of language and certain triggers that that could send me back potentially and then things start to kind of develop in a good direction over time. I think one of the problems, Craig, that we see a lot is that with a younger gambler who has a problem, they want immediate results. They want to win fast, and then if they have a problem, they want to recover fast and move on with life. But I think what all three of us know is that recovery from gambling addiction or any addiction, it's, it's a journey, and it's a lifelong process. You're never fully recovered. Like, Charlie is, is on the watch on a daily basis to be sure that it doesn't creep back into his life. Because for any of us, that's always a real possibility, especially as gambling expands across the country. Yeah, and Charlie, we got to wrap it up here. But if you could say anything to a person that's at the beginning stages of this, what would you say to them? Number one is be patient. Okay. Number two, trust the process of, of, you know, the recovery and, and the people who are going through it right now, there's nothing anyone could tell me today that they've done or thought about doing to keep the action alive that we either haven't done or thought about doing ourselves. Right. There's just yeah. no way. And isn't it amazing how much free brain space you have when you're not worried about gambling? Absolutely. You know, you see yourself becoming more productive at work, more productive as a human being. You know, I've taken care of my health. Uh, I've gotten more productive at work. Uh, I've been able to, you know, save and, and have a nice vacation with my children. Um, all that stuff. All of it. Why? Because it starts with number one. I know I'm a sick, compulsive, degenerate gambler. And the one thing I cannot do is make a bet. After that, I got to, you know, work on myself. Work on all my character defects. I have to acknowledge them, embrace them, and, and work on them on the daily. Nobody's perfect. And um, as you said, it's a journey. Well, I really appreciate journey. you joining us today and sharing your, your story. I think you know more of the people like us that share stories, the easier it becomes for the next generation of compulsive gamblers. So thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I appreciate your time, Charlie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
Dan, as always, appreciate it. 800 Gambler, that's the number. Uh, That's the New Jersey Council on Compulsive Gambling. Always good talking to you, too, Danny. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Craig. Thank you, Charlie. Great talking to you. Evan and I will be back. I think we're working Monday. Who knows anymore? Yes, we are working Monday at 2 o'clock. Chris Moore is up next. Have a great weekend, and thank you for listening on 101.9 FM, The Fan.